Hello, it's been too long and I apologize for that. I'd like to be doing at least one of these a week and I missed that by a bit. Anyway, I finally got my Pebble Time Steel Watch. We're going to talk about that today. We'll also hit on Peace, the app, and ad blocking. Uh, let's get started. My name's Pat Bowen and this is episode four of Unraveled Ideas, the podcast. What moves to us is that people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Because I'm always about depth versus width. Depth versus width. If you communicate an idea in a way that resonates, change will happen and you can change the world. So my Pebble Time Steel arrived a few days ago. Finally, here's the thing. I'm still not happy about that customer service around in their Kickstarter campaign, but wow, this is a very, very nice watch. As I mentioned in earlier episodes, I haven't had the opportunity to really use an Apple Watch as I use Android as my primary phone and those just don't work together. Um, so until I can convince my wife to buy one, I'll probably just be stuck playing with them here and there. And you know, I know that Apple Watch OS and Android Wear are definitely more sophisticated operating systems, but I think that's why I like Pebble's OS so much. First, the watch has a battery that makes it feel like a watch, not a wrist computer. And by that I mean I charged it Thursday morning, used it for three full days. When I plugged it in, it still had 30% battery left. I've heard that the battery actually gets better after a few full charges, so we'll see. And I know that Pebble advertises up to 10 days with the time steal. And I don't know if I'll ever get that, but at three plus days, I'm pretty happy. Um, and what I really like about the watch is the simplicity. Its notifications are simple and its actions are limited, but they're intuitive. I can respond to emails and text via canned response voice or by opening them on my phone. And surprisingly, the voice recognition works really, really well. I mean, a lot better than I've seen on Siri and brief usage on Cortana or with uh, Google Now. Like for instance, a friend asked me, uh, what time I wanted to meet him for a beer, and I replied with, how about 6.45-ish? The Pebble Watch grabbed 6.45, and then it, and then it added a dash-ish. So, yeah, it recognized my voice while watching TV uh, in the background, and when I had music on, uh, at a fairly loud volume. So, very impressed by that voice recognition. The next best thing I can say is that I can easily manage notifications. Like an email comes in, I can quickly look at it, delete it, or basically save it for later, or do a voice reply. But um, for filtering out stuff like junk mail, this works great. So now basically I've decided I, I shut down my mail clients, my email client on my computer, and on my phone. Um, I just get the mail coming in on my watch, and then when I finally have a little bit to catch up and actually open up mail on my computer, all that's left, or primarily what's left, are messages that I need to take action on or that I've decided I want to read. So it's, it's really great for that. You know, then there's the other app integrations such as like Runtastic, which I use to track cycling. Uh, and I can actually even control Spotify at a basic level through my phone, um, even control it on my computer using uh, my phone as a Spotify Connect controller. So it's simple and it's nice. Um, and I think that's the best part about it. It's simple. You know, in a couple of years when these other platforms have grown up and can provide real end-to-end -end functionality, I might jump ship, but for now, the simplicity of the Pebble and the noticeable benefit of using it, you know, that outweighs my experience with Android Wear, and it's not even close. I also think that's a lesson, you know, a lesson for anyone that's designing or developing something. You don't have to 
break boundaries and put a thousand new features for your product or project to be good. You just need to think about the user and make sure what you do include works and works really well, especially from their perspective. Um, sometimes simplicity and functionality takes the victory when you wrap it with a great user experience. Okay, let's talk about ad blocking. If you pay attention to tech advertising or even some of the mainstream uh, blogs and news outlets, you probably know where this is going. So before I get into it, I'll give you a great solution for advertisers. Stop making ads that suck. And when you go to place an ad, try your best to make sure that the delivery platform doesn't suck because otherwise it's going to screw it up in a way that will make your customers angry at you, whether or not it's your fault. Okay, now onto the story. So iOS 9 allows it, um, ad blockers. It introduced the ability to create apps that do ad blocking. Ad blocking has been along, around online through pretty much every browser for quite some time. And so there's been a conversation about whether it's ethical or not going on. But iOS said, we're going to allow this now. And almost immediately, Marco Arment, the developer behind Instapaper and Overcast, developed an app called Peace. So Peace is an ad blocker that uses a list of knowing tracking and ad delivery software. And make no mistake, when you, you view an online ad, it's software gathering information about you or using the information already gathered to serve up what it feels is targeted advertising content to you. So anyway, Arment made a statement and basically said, while people are uh, open to viewing ads in exchange for free content, the publishers have violated that contract by basically stepping too far and transferring too much information, especially without allowing uh, the user to view the terms and agree to them first. So after that, uh, Matt Buchanan from The All pointed out in a tweet that, and he said, the irony of charging for an ad blocker is too much for me, because here's the kicker. Publishers are able to provide that free content because of the revenue they make from advertising. And this is nothing new. I mean, television, radio, any medium out there has always been based, or in large part is based on advertising. So the new piece, is, the new piece here is how much information is being gathered. Um, just to, and what's being done with it. But anyway, after the back and forth here, just and just a little bit after, a little over a day after being launched and becoming the best selling ad blocking app in the mark in the App Store, Marco pulls Peace from the App Store and offered a refund to customers. Why? He said he was inadvertently hurting some people who didn't deserve to be hurt and he didn't want to step into that war and basically while he still believes in ad blocking, he doesn't want to be in the middle of the fight right now. But let's get back to my original point because I don't know the technicalities and I don't know exactly what's happening with all the information that's being passed back and forth. I know that supposedly it's being used to deliver better content. Um, so I know some people aren't in any way ever going to want any ads or any tracking, just like some people are never going to pay for music, no matter how good of a certain, now that you can get it for free, no matter how good of a service and how good of a value there may be, um, they'll just never do it. But I, I tend to believe that if advertisers don't abuse the data they receive and they actually try to serve good content that people don't mind or it's entertaining or it's actually engaging um, and can engage people in their brand, I tend to think that the vast majority of people aren't going to mind it. I mean, I know I don't mind it. Heck, I don't even mind Tony Romo's new direct TV ad and it's not even particularly targeted to my interests. What I don't like is when I go to a site and I try to watch a video and it tells me they have to watch a 15 second commercial, but a minute later, you know, the delivery of the ad is finally stuttered through and then the video goes to load, the, the content video goes to load and it stops, it fails, it says it can't find it. So I refresh and so does the problem. So to me, that's the biggest problem right now is you've got too many ads out there that 
don't work or just jump out in front and, and they annoy the heck out of me. And I don't know if that problem is the advertisers in terms of the content they're trying to deliver is it's just annoying or if it's de the delivery platform and it just doesn't work or if it's my connection, but it honestly doesn't matter. I don't want your product anymore. I don't want the advertiser's product. And it doesn't matter to me if it's the delivery platform who screwed it up. If you got in the way of me watching my content or getting my part of the exchange and I gave you my time, but I still don't have my content, I'm getting mad at both the publisher, but also the brand who's doing the advertising, especially if it wasn't a good piece of content. And I don't want your product anymore. And I, I really think if this were, if that part of it were ironed out a bit, if targeted content were delivered in a reliable way and made to engage the user, the viewer better, then overall there wouldn't be a big problem with with ad blocking. We wouldn't have these things. Because um, this will get into the, my second part of it is Apple made this statement and they said like ad block they allowed ad blockers to improve the mobile web experience. But I was reading this article on The Verge and I'll post a link to this in the notes. But it made it a different point and I think I kind of had a clue of this before but but not at this level so they're basically saying this is all a revenue grab and a competitive adjustment from Apple if you think about it like Google controls the largest ad server in DoubleClick and the largest ad exchange in AdX online this is their bread and butter this is where they make almost all of their money it's their thing so Apple's pulling into the Apple News and native publishing platform and they're also hitting Google directly in their ad largest ad revenue <clears throat> or in their largest revenue source and it's not just an Apple Google thing you've also got Microsoft and Facebook that are also engaged in this sort of behavior I mean all the major players are using their browsers and their social platforms to try and serve ads and looking for ways to remove Google's hold on that revenue you know players are also shifting to app-based native distribution tools um, that may serve things better but but that part of it gives me pause. Like when Apple moves to its native uh, news application, when you see Facebook doing instant articles, it, it gives me pause. And I've mentioned this in a different episode, but it's because the web has always been open and, and central for content. And if this sort of battle makes it hard for a mid-sized publisher, like the all that I mentioned earlier, um, to continue because they're stuck between publishing on a lot of on a lot of platforms multiple times or reducing their ad revenues and pushing it online with a reduced experience that's not good for the end user that's not good for the consumer who all of this ad stuff was supposed to be there for in the first place to create that exchange you know I'm sure there's going to be innovation and it's going to all overcome this but I think this is something that we really need to watch just because of the standpoint that if we moved all these native platforms, how does it actually change the experience? What does it do to the mid-sized or small publishers and allowing them to still get their information out there? And what's going on behind the scenes is that actually more important than develop than pushing a good experience for users. And that's it. That's my thoughts on it and I'd love to hear yours. And I guess one other thing before I go, I should mention that Unraveled Ideas is finally on iTunes. So if you use iTunes for your podcast, you should be able to search for it and find it. And if you're using iTunes, then feel free to let me know what you think by way of leaving a review, good, bad, or random thoughts. Um, if you'd like to connect and discuss, you can also shoot me a message on Twitter at Unraveled Ideas, tweet at me at Unraveled Ideas, or email me at pat at unraveledideas.com. Have a wonderful day, and hopefully we'll be chatting soon. 